unless you're into that sort of thing, listeners. I love it when my eardrums are bleeding from <laughs> Josh and Brittany scream laughing. I love it. I'm Joshua. And I'm Brittany. And we're two librarians who talk about sci-fi and fantasy and a little bit of everything else. I guess I should get going. Uh, I thought we already were. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Hey. hey. Joshua, another episode. what are we talking about today? Well, since it's June and we're going to add a little color into our lives yes. at the start of summer, it's another Pride episode where we celebrate authors who are in the LGBTQIA plus community. Mm-hmm. Can you believe this is our second Pride episode? I can't. Round I mean, two. I can, but I, I can. Round two. It's How great. Exciting. It's great. Pop the pretend Ch- champagne. Oh, God, I think I broke it. <laughs> that, that was good. That was a good pop. Yeah, it kind of cracked, though. So That's okay. I don't know. I don't think you want to drink out of that bottle. Fun fact. Huh. Okay. Once upon a time, I was opening a cider. And I shattered the top of the glass. I've done that too. It's horrifying. Thank God I'm not the only one. No. <laughs> like your, your, your Hulk strength just came out. Yeah, yeah. I shattered the top of the glass. Yeah. And then I was like, Brett, because it was like the last cider. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh. And then Brett was like, no. He's like, I don't want you to drink glass. <laughs> I was like, so you know what he did? What? He took a coffee filter yes, and he, he poured the rest of the I cider through the coffee filter. So smart. he made sure I wasn't going to drink Problem glass. solving. He's a problem solver. And you got to enjoy that last cider. Yeah. I do have to say, if you haven't listened to last year's Pride episode, yeah. I would highly re- recommend it because yeah. um, Joshua gives some history Absolutely. about the Stonewall riots. Yeah. Right? The, the birth of the LGBTQQIA plus rights movement back yeah. when it's called the gay rights movement. Right. So if you want a little bit of history, I'd say go back to last year's, listen to that, yeah. get a couple of recommends. Some, I think today we're just doing recommends. We're doing solid books only. Yeah. Mm. No talking. Just the no books. talking. <laughs> no, no talking. The You'll rest just of this be hearing us just silence. turning pages. Wow. Yeah. This book is so great. It's like, that's our new podcast now. It's ASMR. Just Us reading the books. <laughs> people reading. <laughs> and every once in a while you hear, mm. <laughs> Sometimes. Maybe yeah. a slurp of like tea. Yeah. Some munching. What are you munching on? I don't know. A book? <laughs> Bones. It's goblins. <laughs> wow, we're going to make it today. Are you going first? I did first last time because I talked about oh, a certain so point of view. Yeah, we talked Star about Star Wars. Yes. Star Wars. Okay. And yeah, I think I did first. So you are going first this time. Okay. All righty. My first book is a graphic novel. Um, I'm going to say it's probably geared more towards tweens, but as per usual, it was really good, so I'm going to talk about it. It's The Girl from the Sea by Molly Knox Ostertag. I'm predicting it's about a mermaid. I'm looking at the cover. I do like that cover art. Describe what you're seeing. Okay, so you see, it's the cover's kind of cut in half. Mm -hmm. The, The top part is on the land. There's a girl with some coveralls. She's got a yellow shirt on and she's looking very adoringly down into the water, Mm -hmm. reaching her hand in and her hand is touching, just lightly brushing this mermaid girl's hand. She's definitely under the water Mm because there's seaweed around her. She's got some really fantastic kind of peach colored hair Mm -hmm. and she's looking kind of softly up at the girl on the land. And I like how the main colors are like this peachy color and Mm -hmm. this teal color. Like they kind of blend together. Fun fact, this author 
I'm not sure if she's married to her. Mm-hmm. I do know that they're partners. She is partners with Noelle Stevenson. Really? The author of Nimona, which I have talked about in our earlier oh, podcast. And also the creator of Rebooted Shira series. Yeah, yeah. Which was fantastic. Yes. So, Girl from the Sea, you're close in saying mermaids. Okay. It's actually not a mermaid. Okay. It's a selkie. Ooh, I'm really excited. Tell us what a selkie is. A selkie is... Oh, I can't remember which mythology is from. I think it's Irish. I think it's Celtic, yeah. Celtic? Celtic, Irish. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of Scottish, England also. Yeah. It's women who are seals part mm-hmm. of the time, and they can put on their seal skin, and they can take off their seal skin. And they have to have their skin to turn into a seal. Mm-hmm. So there's like myths of like stealing the seal skin from the selkie, and there's lots of like, and then we married them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so some of those stories are a little sketch, but yes, <laughs> this one's not sketch. It's cute. Okay. <laughs> okay. So our main character Morgan, she is excited to go to college here in a few years. So I, I guess she's more of a teen. I think she's in high school. She's in the closet right now. Mm-hmm. She likes girls, yes. but she can't tell anybody yeah, she's, she's like, not in a situation where she can open up about that yeah, yeah. She, that's at least that's the way she feels she's yeah. like i i am not comfortable telling people she thinks she's close with her group of friends but you can tell like rifts are starting to happen because mm. she's like really starting to close herself off like yeah. you can tell it's becoming more and more of a an issue in her life where she can't be her true self yeah and so there's one night she's hanging out on the beach she falls into the water it's nighttime mm. and she's like oh my gosh, like this is how it ends. And like, I didn't even get to live my full no. life. Because she can't, she can't swim or what? It was stormy. Like she okay. was getting sucked under oh, the water. Okay. Like it, it wasn't a good scene. She I, can swim. I just think like, you know, she had all her clothes on and like it, I think it was stormy. Yeah. And then she gets pulled up mm. by <gasps> the Selkie. Oh. And she thinks she's losing her mind. She thinks it's a dream. And this Selkie is kind of acting like she knows her. She's like, it's so good to see you again. Like, it's been a while. And she's like, okay, like, this is definitely a dream. And because she thinks it's a dream, she's like, wow, you're gorgeous. And she is. This Selkie's name is Kelty. Kelty. Kelty the Selkie. (laughs) (laughs) And she kisses Kelty. She's like, Kelty, you're gorgeous. You're the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And then she walks home and she, like, goes to bed. She's like, that was a great dream. (laughs) That was awesome. That was great. <laughs> wait, wait, she's like dripping wet and she still thinks it's a dream? Oh, it's just uh, like a, a near-death experience or yeah. something kind of thing. Okay, yeah, gotcha. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, gorgeous dream, gorgeous lady pulled me out of the water. <laughs> I should die more often. Yeah, she's like, oh, no, awesome. No, 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 Love was, it. It's bad. <laughs> so within the next few days, Kilty appears with human legs okay because at this point morgan doesn't know she's a selkie mm. and then kelty's like morgan hello she's like your kiss of true love has allowed me to walk on land <gasps> and we're supposed to be together oh my okay and morgan's like Shh. <laughs> oh no yeah <laughs> she's like what are you saying i didn't oh, think you were no. real <laughs> oh no i feel so bad because kelty's so happy kelty is so happy she doesn't know morgan's situation she doesn't oh, get it gosh. she's like what's wrong like you kissed me. Oh, this is such a great comedy of errors. So, Kelty, I mean, Kelty for the most part is hanging out at the beach, but she is really 
wanting to follow Morgan and be like, hey, look, let's get to know each I other. I want to be where the people are. Yes, very much so. <laughs> and she really likes Morgan. Aww. And she's very intuitive about like when Morgan's being bothered and, you know, like she, they actually seem like a pretty good fit. Aww, and yes. like Morgan at first is like, shh, shh, like, don't tell people. And so Kelty promises like, okay, like I won't tell people we're romantic for now, but you can tell she's not happy about it. She doesn't really get why. Mm. She's like, I don't understand. Like, I just want to love you. Oh, <laughs> they just want to hold hands in public. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. So Morgan is kind of hiding her, but Morgan's really falling in love with her. Of course. And she's hiding her from her group of friends and her group <sighs> of friends is like, where are you going? And they think... <sighs> Kelty's weird because Kelty doesn't really understand human stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, it also turns out that Kelty does have another agenda. And I don't want to spoil too much, but I will say one of Morgan's friends is doing something that is actually hurting Kelty's selkie community. Ooh. And it's not like on purpose. Right. It's just something that's happening. And <clears throat> Kelty's like, I need to stop this. So right. now there's even more like issues happening between friends and Kelty mm. and, and I just love Kelty's characters. I'm going to open this up. She just looks like, she looks like summer personified. It looks like the same artist who does, who does like the Shira series. Yeah, I think I like that kind of artwork. So oh yeah, it's yeah. fantastic. It's, um, it looks really effortless, but also the, the style is like really clean. Uh, it's definitely an animated style, but. Like, yeah. look at the emotion into these characters. It's fantastic. I just love Kelsey's so character design. She is super tan. She yeah. has this really blonde beach hair, but she's a little bit thicker. Yes. You know, she's, yes. she's a selkie. She's a yes. seal. She has like these gorgeous freckles and, yes. and she just has the biggest, cutest eyes. And a little cute nose too. Aww. Oh my gosh. She's so cute. Wonderful person. And Morgan looks a little different. She is taller, thinner. She has dark hair. Like, I don't want to say she has emo vibes, but maybe a little. A little, yeah. A little. Like, they're both really cute. But I do love Kelty's line because she's a little thicker. And I love it when you get to see, like, body diversity uh -huh. in graphic Especially art. Especially when you have opposites attract kind of thing. Oh, look at the seals. Love I love it. seals. We get some pictures of baby seals. Oh, my gosh. So I love the artwork in this book. And it's a cute story. I will say it ends a little bittersweet. Okay. But it, it's, it's okay. Yeah. You're going to get a little bit of that sadness going through, but... Man, it's good. Yeah. This author also did um, The Witch Boy. The Witch Boy. That sounds familiar. It's another graphic novel. I think it won some awards. Okay. Um, transgender character. Mm. I think. Oh, God. <laughs> it's been a while since I read it. Okay. Um, I do know one of our local groups had a book clip about it. Um, I read the trilogy. I liked it well enough, but I think this book in particular, I prefer this one. Like I prefer yeah. the story. Like I think the author is really coming into her own with story writing. I think yeah. she's just getting better and better. So that's my first recommend. I really Love liked it. it. It's cute. It's sweet. Probably a little bit younger of an audience, but I think still really well worth it. It's okay. Yeah. yeah, and who doesn't love like a summer beach read? Literally, like it's on the beach, it's warm, it's <laughs> yes, like the colors are really bright, yes. like it's it's happy brain bleach yes. with an, like a couple storylines going through. Good job, Brittany. Thanks. Great. All right, so I picked a summer book as well. Well, kind of. Um, it's called Summer Suns by Lee Mandelo. Oh, okay, I'm excited. Uh, oh my gosh. Okay, I just kind of picked this one up on the whim, and because I I saw the cover. And it's like a skeleton hand reaching out covered in vines and then a, a human's hand reaching out, mm -hmm. a guy's hand. And I don't know, I was compelled by the picture. And then I read inside, I'm like, car racing in the South? 
a family mystery, ghosts, Ooh. sign me up. Yes, please. <laughs> I, was, I was hooked. So um, this story centers around a character named Andrew. Andrew is, he's finished university. He's going on a graduate program. And Andrew is sort of like just half of a whole. He has done everything uh, with his considered best friend, Eddie. They've just been inseparable, even since they were children. Okay. Especially during a time in their lives when they were very young, when there was an incident uh, where they were lost in a cave. In my and, head, I'm automatically like, somebody's going to get possessed. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing, because being in that cave, in that darkness together, it awakens something yeah, that, it does. That, that follows them. A dark presence that is a little oppressive, and also it, it tries to take something from Andrew. His but cute it, peach butt. I mean, how did you know? <laughs> did you read this? <laughs> you ruined it. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's this malevolent presence has a hunger. When Eddie decided to go to grad school, Andrew was supposed to follow. Eddie went a term ahead, and. Before Andrew was supposed to go, he got a phone call that Eddie had died from an apparent suicide. <gasps> yes. No. So that's when we meet Andrew is after the incident. And he's heading to Vanderbilt in, in Nashville to continue his grad program. But, and, and also try to figure out like what happened to Eddie. Because he does not believe that Eddie would commit suicide. Would commit suicide yeah. Considering that Andrew for all intents and purposes, his partner. Yeah. Though Andrew would never admit that. Okay. Because um, Andrew is very much in the closet. I don't think it's a, a spoiler because you'll, you'll tell pretty easily if you yeah. read this book yeah. what's going on with him. Yeah. And so we meet Andrew at this, this high point of his grief. And it's this grief that compels him to uh, dig into Eddie's past days yeah. in this town and f figure out what happened. So he gets in contact with Eddie's new friends and he gets involved with the uh, professor who was overseeing his grad project. Okay. And the mystery sort of evolves from there. Ooh. It's so, it's, it's a wonderful Southern Gothic. I just found my, one of my most favorite uh, genres now <laughs> is yeah. the Gothic horror. They're just so, they're so atmospheric, so emotional. And especially with this one with a, with a queer subtext. Yeah. It, it just made it seem so much more unique and, and interesting to me. Okay. Okay. So like why I like this book is because uh, Southern Gothic is all about the tension between past traditions, but also like a modern sensibilities. And that's why it's, it's interesting that in the South too, with such a rich and sometimes problematic history, oh, completely. you know, yeah. that you get to see how these characters navigate these situations. I think of it like Dracula because it's like this, this ancient evil interacting with modern Victorian times. Yeah. I mean, modern for its time, right? Yeah. But, and, and what happens with that, that tension between this ancient power and these modern people? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Dracula's great. So good. That's why I bring it up. Uh, but my most favorite aspect of Southern Gothic is Curses and Hauntings. And this book has it. Love I it. tell you. I so, love a good curse. Oh my God. I love a good curse. Aren't they great? They're Especially fantastic. like uh, a family, ancient family curse, like the patriarch of this long standing family, like makes a pact with some entity. Yeah. 
and then gets rich because of it. And then we have to suffer the, we have to, yeah. uh, the characters suffer the rep- repercussions afterwards. Yeah. I love it. Or somebody made somebody really mad like a witch. Oh, yes. And then she's like, screw you. I curse you and your family. Yes. Very Maleficent. Oh, I love it. I love it. Like, Give spill me- the tea. Why are you cursed? <sighs> Did you ever watch Hide and Seek? No. I have not. Okay. We might need to do that at some point because that movie has a great curse in it. And the end is like so shocking. Ooh. You should watch it and then let me know what you think. Okay. okay. Like that's like a, a comedy horror. Ooh, I, I do enjoy that genre too. The characters in this are very exciting and, and interesting. And they're so complex. Yeah. Like Andrew is our main character. He's not an easy person to like. In stories, do you like characters when they're, when they're hard to like? No. You don't like them? No. Oh. <laughs> like, I guess I'd have to read it and see. Okay. Like, if somebody's, like, kind of a bad person with bad motives, yeah. I don't really like them. Understandable. <sighs> I wouldn't say that Andrew has the bad motives. He's just not a very... He's not a very easy person to get to understand. Okay. Uh, he uh, is very broody, and he... Abrasive to... In the event that he doesn't want people to get to know him very well. He, he, he keeps people at arm's length. Okay. See, like, do you remember when I was talking about A Court of Silver Flames? Yeah. And Nesta was the main character? Yeah. I didn't like her in the previous books because she was unlikable. Mm-hmm. But then I ended up loving her because it explained why she was like that. Right. And also she had character growth. Ah, so if somebody go. has character growth, like I can get behind that. Absolutely. But if somebody just kind of like sucks the whole way through, I'm like, I don't really have time for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I could, I think that's why I liked Andrew because I could understand where the abrasiveness and the, the anger can come from, yeah. you know, because he lost somebody who was very, very important to him. Yeah. Does he uh, grow at all or? Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. Well, like I said, this guy is compelled by grief. Okay. And grief is more than just being sad, right? Yeah. Oh, grief yeah. is about uh, a search for answers and wanting to protect a memory. Yeah. So Andrew gets very driven and um, he gets very tenacious about yeah. trying to preserve Eddie. Yeah. Uh, so much so that he causes some problems, which is um, okay. understandable. Okay. <laughs> it sounds interesting. Like if somebody just sucks the whole way through and is like non-repentant and like they just suck, like I'm not here for it. But if if there's character growth, that's interesting. Yes. Well, a part of that is, is like the fact that he's, he's also in the closet. Like he does, he doesn't feel like he's in a circumstance even to himself where he can admit his true feelings for Eddie and other young men that he sees. It's just like another layer of pain on top of a really painful situation. And I guarantee you the payoff is... Uh, it, it's, it feels so good. Okay. This book made you feel very good at the end, even though it's about some dark subject matter yeah. and it has some really awesome curses, some scary <laughs> hauntings that are involving skeletons. I enjoyed it a lot. That sounds like fun. Yes. That sounds like a good October read. I like, I know it's in the middle of summer, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's uh, quasi seasonal, you know, you can read it in the summer and get, enjoy that aspect of it, or yeah. you can save it for Halloween, if you oh. want something spooky. It's like the nightmare for Christmas. There you go. You can watch it whenever and it's all fine. There you go. Watch it anytime you want. <laughs> yeah. Read this book anytime you want. It's exactly. all fine. Exactly. All right. Nice job. Thank you. Awesome. My second recommend 
It's by an author. I don't think we talked about this author on the podcast. No. We talked about it when we were still doing Swords and Starships as a video series yes. for the library. Yes. So this is Under the Whispering Door by T.J. Klune. T.J., yes. Um, what a wonderful writer. The book that we talked about for the video was The House in the Cerulean Sea. Right. Highly recommend that mm -hmm. one. But today I'm going to talk about his newer book, and that's Under the Whispering Door. Ooh, tell so, us about it. So Wallace Price is a lawyer. Mm -hmm. He's very much an Ebenezer Scrooge type mm, character. I love him already. Like he, he is grumpy. <laughs> he does not care what anybody else thinks. Love it. He's here to make that money. Uh -huh. And like the beginning scene is like this lady, he is firing and she doesn't realize she's getting fired at first. And she's talking about how much she loves the company and how she oh, actually really no. likes him. And oh, like, no. he's like, um, that's great. You're fired. Oh, no. <laughs> Does not care. And she's like, what? Like, so you totally understand right away. Like, he's an Ebenezer Scrooge. Uh -huh. He does not care about people. He dies. Oh, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> he dies pretty quickly. Uh -huh. And he doesn't really believe it at first. Like, he's a ghost. And he's all like, what is going on? Like, why is everyone pretending they can't see me? This is some elaborate joke. And it's not until that he is at his funeral, which it was so funny. His ex came to talk about him and she's just spewing about how much he sucks. <laughs> it was the funniest scene. And he's like yelling at her too. He's like, that's not true. <laughs> and he finally gets it when this girl, her name is May. She turns back to him. She's kind of laughing at him. He's like, you can see me. She's like, yeah, I'm a reaper. I'm here to come get you. <laughs> She's like, but I had to watch this first. <laughs> nice. She gets her kicks while she can. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. She's pretty young. I would uh -huh. say late teens, I think is what she is. Mm -hmm. So she's like, you're, you're coming with me. Come on. So he's like, oh, okay. So she brings him to this house and she brings him to a man named Hugo. Mm -hmm. And she refers to him as the ferryman. And basically Hugo's job is to get Wallace in a place where he is okay to cross over to the other side. Okay. He's almost like a ghost therapist. <laughs> and at one point, like Wallace makes a joke, like he's, he's like, so you're going to be my therapist. And he's like, if that's what you need, that's <laughs> what I'm here for. Oh, Hugo. Yeah. Hugo's like really kind and really sweet. And Wallace is not really here for it. Wallace tries to escape. But what he quickly learns is that he actually can't leave the premises. Oh. If he tries to leave, this really crazy thing happens where he starts to kind of like disintegrate. <gasps> it's really scary. Interesting. Hugo had to come rescue it's him. like in Beetlejuice when, you know, you try to leave the house, but you get swallowed by a giant worm. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I had to think, I was like, what happened when they left the house? Yeah, it was the giant worm. In this one, it's like pieces of you start kind of floating up Ooh, in a way. Okay. And you get turned into, like you you get turned into like this creature. Like, I think they call them hollows. I can't remember the name they called them, but it's like, they're almost monsters. Mm. It's crazy. It's weird. Hugo rescued him before that happened. Good. Hugo has, it, this, this is really strange. I don't remember what, at what point this happened. Hugo has a tether to Wallace. He literally has like, I think it's a scythe, like stuck into him, like into his chest. Hugo does or the? Um, Wallace, Wallace, the ghost okay. does. And it's attached to Hugo. So if he starts floating away, gets in trouble, Hugo can yank on the rope. Oh my God. And so he just kind of floats around with this rope attached to him. And I don't remember when that happened. I think it's when he met Hugo. <laughs> I'm just imagining. Okay. Um, I'm sorry, listeners, if you have 
children. <laughs> like a child leash, you know, like the little toddler. Who yeah, like, it's kind of the idea. Bow! He runs away and then the mom just kind of like leashes him back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, no kidding. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really funny because so in this house, there's May the Reaper. There's Hugo the Ferryman. And then there's Nelson, who is Hugo's grandfather. Mm-hmm. He's also a ghost. Yeah. And there's Apollo, Hugo's dog, Aww. who is a ghost dog. Aww. <laughs> and the first couple nights, Wallace is really mad. Like, he's mad. Of course. He's like, you're holding me hostage. He's going full poltergeist, basically. He's kind of going poltergeisty. <laughs> there's a worse poltergeist that we'll meet. But okay. right now, Wallace is just being, he's kind of being, like, pissy. Uh-huh. Like, he's, like, being a child. So he's like, all right, if I'm going to be a ghost, I'm going to haunt you. And so... <laughs> May and Hugo, like, they're alive. Like, they're humans. They need sleep and stuff. <laughs> so Wallace is walking through the house, screaming, Ooh! <laughs> He's like, I'm rattling my chains! <laughs> Nelson appears, and he whacks in the head with a cane. He's like, those are human, but I'm a ghost, and I can, I can beat you up. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. This grandfather is not having any of it. So he he finally gets Wallace like under control. He's like, you need to grow up. <laughs> so it's this this story is kind of Wallace accepting his death, learning what goes on in this house. In this house, it's actually also a tea shop. Mm-hmm. So during the day, Hugo runs a tea shop for Aww. the living. Mm. And in his spare time, he helps ghosts get to where they need to be. He's Love one it. of many ferrymen. It's Love made it. known. So currently, he's like, so currently you're my client and I'm going to help you get to where you need to be. Hugo and Wallace kind of start getting romantically entwined. Really? Like they really like each other. And it's like for a long, long time, it's not explicitly said. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, this is definitely like a slow burn romance. Love it. But it's, for it. it's very, I don't know. It's very cute. It's very sweet. It's yeah. very solid. Cause it's like definitely like a friendship to romance. Yeah. And similar to uh, house on the cerulean sea that also had a, yeah, that was one complaint I saw in the reviews is like the character archetypes that you find in The House in the Cerulean Sea, mm-hmm. you find pretty much exactly in this book. Mm. Different story, but similar storyline. Okay. It's like a different setting, but gotcha. really similar storyline. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So that was one, I don't want to say complaint. It's just like people were like, it wasn't different enough. Mm-hmm. I still really liked it. Like yeah. it's still well worth the read. Yeah. I always love reading about afterlife stuff. I always mm-hmm. think that's really fascinating. The push comes when the manager comes to visit. <laughs> the manager of he's the afterlife? Kind of, yeah. So Hades? Kind of. Love it. He's like a, a kind of a god figure. Okay. It's not totally known exactly what he is. Okay. It sounds like he hasn't always been the manager. Hmm. It sounds like a lot is going on behind the scenes. We are never made privy to. Like oh. we... We don't know everything about death. And even the manager's like, I don't know everything, but I know a lot. Mm-hmm. The manager comes and he ta- is talking to Wallace. And he's like, you've been here long enough. Like you need to go, like you need to go through the door. There's a door in the top of this house that if you look up into it, you'll float up. Oh. And that's the other side. And nobody knows what's on the other side. Okay. Like nobody knows. Oh, Hugo so says... He knows it's good because whenever people go through it, they just get a look of peace on their face. Oh. So he's like, I know it's okay, I, but I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> Wallace manages to strike a deal with the manager. You have to remember, Wallace was a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Like he, he's, if he's, if there's a loophole, he's going to find it. <laughs> he's like, I just need to like finish up a few things. So the manager's like, you get a week. 
at the end of the week, you got to go. And you have to come with me. So it's this last week of Wallace kind of living his best death. (laughs) And it's really sweet. Good. Like, it's really nice. Because, like, all these different things that he has learned about the tea shop and about Hugo, like, he's trying to help all these different people. And it's like... It's a, it's a character change for him. Aww. So by dying, he learns more about being alive. Yeah. So it has a happy ending. Mm-hmm. It, it's definitely heartbreaking in some points. Of course. For yeah. sure. It had some nice bitterness to the sweetness. So it, it's a cute book and it's a nice, fantastical, whimsical read. The characters mm. are really funny. Yes. I love Nelson. I love May. They do <laughs> not put up with Wallace's crap at all. It's amazing. <laughs> and yeah. I love how sweet Hugo is. Like he, he really is like a therapist. Like he's really kind and understanding. <laughs> but when Wallace needs a swift kick in the butt, like Nelson and May are there for it. Oh, <laughs> that's great. So TJ Klune does a lot of whimsical, um, well-written characters that yeah. are off the wall, off, yeah. offbeat kind of funny things. I, yeah. I think about, of course, um, Damien, the, uh, <laughs> the Antichrist. Oh my gosh. Who is a, such, such an endearing uh, character. If you have not read The House in the Cerulean Sea, <laughs> I don't know many people that have said not for me. Yeah. Like I've given it to a lot of book boxers and almost like 99% of them are like, I love this book. Yeah. Like I think I've had one person who's like, mm, not for me. And mm. I was like, who are you? No, yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm sorry. I'm sorry <laughs> okay. if you're the book boxer. It's okay. <laughs> They're not listening. <laughs> let me, let me throw some shade at a book boxer. No, it's fine. You get to, <laughs> you get to like what you like. That book <laughs> It, it appeals to a broad audience, is what uh, I would say. Yes. It's very, very sweet while tackling really serious subjects. Yes, yes, absolutely. And same with this one. Aww. Very sweet while tackling serious subjects. I like that. So like it's good. It. A it's a good sugar. sweet read. Oh, and the tagline underneath is, death is only their beginning, which to me reminds me of the mummy. <laughs> <laughs> is that the tagline for the mummy? Death is only the beginning. <laughs> God. Different vibe. Oh, yeah. Different, different vibe. vibe. Same words, different vibe. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, that's sweet. And then I immediately thought of the mummy. I was like, oh, God. Oh, God. What happened? <laughs> another curse. That one's another yes. curse. Oh, good job, Brittany. Thanks. Thanks for the book. Yep. Okay. Are you ready for this one? I'm ready. I like how our book choices are aligning. Because I also picked a book that's very whimsical. Okay. Really funny. Okay. But also pretty dark. <laughs> I'm here for it. What okay. is it? I picked Gideon the Ninth by Tamsin Muir. Please tell me about this book. I loved it okay from page one all the way until page like 400 okay i could not get enough because i've heard like mixed things about this book like really? it's funny but it's really dark yeah okay well you're gonna tell me it's gonna i'm be gonna great. tell you all about it i'm gonna try anyway <laughs> the premise gideon the ninth takes place in a in a universe where there are nine imperial houses and each imperial house is devoted to the study of necromancy. Oh, sign me up. Death magic. Love it. Oh, yes, it's so good. All nine houses are called to a remote planet to try their skill at a cutthroat tournament of wits and magic to become the most powerful and respected sorcerer and the right hand of the deathless emperor. Oh. The, the main character's name is Gideon, and she is an orphan. She grew up on the ninth planet among the caretakers of the locked tomb. So each, each house has a different domain, if you would. Okay. That okay. makes sense. So Gideon hates living among the caretakers of the locked tomb. Because okay. obvi- for many reasons, they are not the nicest people. Oh. They are not the most accommodating children. They're actually mostly old and skeletal people. So, I mean, 
I this is gonna sound really bad. Huh. I am thinking of like nuns at a You are not wrong. Okay. That is exactly how it was like. I know nuns are like really nice, but like Absolutely. Back, back in the day um, when the, they used to like take care of kids and they were like, I'm gonna whack your hands with Yes, <laughs> yes. So like the authoritarian nun. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's exactly it. Okay. Uh, she's always dreamed of escaping this place, this hellhole. Uh, in fact, she has tried six hundred different escape attempts. Oh my each God. have failed. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so that tells you right away. Gideon is a very determined and headstrong young woman yeah. <laughs> who doesn't take crap. Is she immortal? No. Okay. She is not immortal. Okay. So after a confrontation with her best friend and mortal enemy, <laughs> Harold Hawk knows it known to Jessimus, the heir of Ninth House. And Harold Hawk and Gideon grew up together because they are the only children in the locked tomb. <laughs> That's Bummer. it. Yes. Bummer. So, yay. We're in this together. Yes. Okay. And they absolutely hate each other. They Fun. hate each other. Fun. Like they, they will attempt to kill each other <laughs> as they grow up. Oh my yes. God. <laughs> so finally, after this confrontation, Gideon is given an opportunity to leave the locked tomb and to go off world to accompany Harold Hawk as guardian when they go to the first house. Seems which like a bad idea. Seems like a bad idea, right? Yeah. Well, to be honest, they didn't have much to choose from because it's basically uh, old people and skeletons. So okay, <laughs> they're all they had. <laughs> I mean, if you have a band of skeletons go with you, that might be fun. There are reasons why the skeletons could not be the representatives because they needed the, the blooded members of each house oh, to go for this competition. Okay. Yeah. So... They have to compete with the other heirs of the different houses. What seems to be a straightforward and friendly competition quickly turns deadly. And they're trapped on this planet. And Gideon has only herself, her wits, and the support of her best friend slash worst enemy, Harold Hawk. Oh, no. Yes. So why did I like this book? It seems so dark, so creepy. Yeah. It's about skeletons. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. It's so funny. Is it? Like Gideon is so snarky. She hate. I mean like imagine the voice of a person who's just kind of like mad at the world and just wants to make fun of everybody. Yeah. Like she is around these, these very self-important nuns, a bunch of skeletons clacking around. And in her internal monologue, she's just ripping these people apart. Love it. <laughs> it's so awesome. Uh, Is the romance between her and Harold? There are several romantic threads in this. Okay. You're a very astute person, especially in, <laughs> in terms of romantic subplots. I think you can understand the enemies to friends to lovers trope, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that does play a part in here. Okay. Interesting. But yes. you're, yeah, okay. I have to All be right. circumspect. because. Okay. <laughs> Joshua's holding his cards to his chest. I have to. All I right. have to because I want you to read this. All right. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, let's talk about the romantic romantic subplots. Um, There are different romantic subplots in this, and Gideon is involved in a few. Okay. Um, a few? Ooh, yeah. Get yeah. It, Gideon. Uh, <laughs> some of them are really endearing and sweet, and some are pretty complicated and Ooh. problematic. And I think this, is, this works to this book's advantage because okay. it just shows a different, especially with the problematic love connection. Yeah. It definitely shows how to navigate 
navigate those feelings if somebody is actually unhealthy for you or actually someone just needs a little bit more understanding. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 That's a balance you have to walk sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm basically, it, it's really enjoyable to watch Gideon get to know certain people Yeah. and uncover certain truths oh. uh, and uh, watch Gideon kind of mature in the process. Cause I mean, as a snarky person, she's, she keeps to herself mostly. Yeah. She's, she's, she's always been treated like a child. Yeah. Yeah. And she resents people because of that. And yes. because of that, she doesn't get close to anyone. Yeah. So when she does understand and open up more, she becomes a much more well-rounded, well-rounded character. Yeah. And it's really fun to watch. Cool. Yeah. The world is, I mean, it's a death world. The nine houses celebrate and worship death. Okay. So this is kind of translates into this, the world building where it seems like this empire is like something that's crumbling or dead yeah. or even a zombie empire. Yeah. Like it's barely standing. Okay. And it's this like the sense of decay because of this death worship. It makes it such a creepy atmosphere. Um, there's, it's a little bit of steampunky, but it's also kind of like, it's very science fiction also because there's- such a weird genre blend. It's such a weird genre blend. Because it's blend. like, you definitely have this fantasy aspect mm -hmm. and also like the sci-fi aspect. Like they're like holding hands right oh now. Oh my gosh. And it's amazing how she walks that balance. Yeah. But she does it in such a good, great way. Okay. Because she kind of like, says, yes, this was a very, that was a very technological civilization, mm -hmm. but because of their interests went this way, they kind of neglected the technology aspect. Oh. So basically what's around them is the, the vestiges of this once great technological empire. Weird. Yeah. I like that. And, and they don't really understand how things work too well. They're just like, well, the ships go faster than light. I don't know why. Nobody can fix it. Nobody can repair a ship if it breaks. But as long as it works, we're going to keep using it. And the magic is crazy. Like um, the ninth house, uh, their domain is skeletons. So like all they need is a piece of bone and they can create a fully formed skeleton Ooh. that actually like moves around and can actually do some, some menial chores and stuff like sweep, sweep uh, hallways. That's fun. <laughs> They're not much for conversation, unfortunately. <laughs> exactly. fine. <laughs> It almost gives me a Fantasia feel uh -huh, with uh -huh. the, how he made all the brooms go to work. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. That's all the right. kind of thing that we have here. Interesting. Is, yes. That's cool. It's such a weird, funny, wonderful book. Okay. Um, that had me at the edge of my seat. You know, I'm a sucker for good character novels. This is a great character novel. Yeah. The characters are so much fun to read. That's fun. <laughs> and skeletons. It's got yeah. Skeleton. It's a, a genre blend of like horror fantasy, uh -huh. sci-fi, like they're all like rolled into one. Yeah. That's and, cool. And with queer stories, queer romances too. Love it. Great. Very cool. Great stuff. Great stuff. Alrighty. Um, what, what's our next big episode about? Our next big episode is we got a movie, <gasps> possibly a book. Are we going to talk about the book and the movie? Cause uh, I did read the book. You did? Yes. Okay. I have, I have, I have thoughts on it too. Okay, yeah, we can talk about the book. I haven't okay. read the book for years. We are talking about Howl's Moving Castle. Yeah, the Studio Ghibli. Yeah, is this our first Studio Ghibli? Yeah, let's not let's not make it our last because I do really enjoy love Hayao some Miyazaki. Miyazaki. Love it. Mm -hmm. And this is one of my favorites, actually. I read the book years ago. I yeah. barely remember it. No, it's okay. We can just talk about. I'm sure you remember some aspects as yeah. compared to the movie, right? Yeah, and I can do a quick review too. Yeah. So, yeah. We yeah. won't I mean, we won't be talking too much, but if you're interested, yeah. um 
I think reading the book and then watching the movie or They're the other way. They're quite different. They're, and we'll talk about what we think about that. Yeah. 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 So I think mostly the episode will focus on the movie, but we'll of probably course. talk about some aspects yeah. of the book yeah. as well. Where, where, they, where they divert from the movie. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And that one will be coming out June 24th. Yeah. Okay. And before we leave today, we've been forgetting to do this. Let's read the titles and authors of our books. Oh my gosh. We've been really bad about We're, that. We need a producer. We need a producer to tell us these are the things you need to hit in each episode. Um, recently I listened to, I've been listening to the Morbid podcast. Shout out. Love them. <laughs> um, but she mentioned, she was like, hey, I know you say show notes a lot. She's like, the show notes are in the description of the podcast. So in the past, when we have forgotten to say the titles at the end, we put those titles in the show notes, which yes. are in the description of each podcast episode. Just yes. FYI. Yes. But yes. for today, we're remembering. <laughs> My books are The Girl from the Sea by Molly Knox Ostertag and under the Whispering Door by T.J. Clune. Hey, and my books were Summer Sons by Lee Mandelo and Gideon the Ninth by Tamsin Muir. Nice. Boom. Nice, nice, nice. Okay, everybody, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. We will see you next time. Have a great June, everybody. Bye. Bye. Hey everybody, this is Brittany here. Feel free to check out the show notes for any details of things we might have talked about, and always feel free to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks! This is how we do it. Is that the song? This is how we do it. There's more words to it, but that's all I remember. <laughs> <laughs>